Okay. It says in this week's Pasha, in Pasha's Shemos, Hashem asks Moshe to <coughs> be the leader of the Jewish people, to be the Redeemer, to be the Mashiach, to salvage the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim. So Moshe's response is uh, is refusal. He tries every tactic to try to uh, not to take the job. At the end, he says, "Shlach no biatishlach." Send who you're going to send. And the commentaries say that Moshe said, "Send Aaron." Aaron is my older brother. He's been a prophet for a very long time. He's more qualified than I am. Don't send me. Send Aaron. So Hashem responds. Hashem vayicher af Hashem by Moshe. Hashem gets angry at Moshe. Vayoymen he says, "Halo Aaron achicha alevi yadati." Your brother Aaron, the Levi, I know I know that he will speak. Behold, he's going to come and meet you. He will see you, and he's going to be happy. So the Ramban says, what does it mean that he will speak? It means that even if I don't command him, he will speak on your behalf. He will have your back as they say, because he loves you. And he will himself come out without me telling you. He himself will come out, he will greet you, and he will see you, and he will be happy in his heart to see you. He will be happy to see you in the position of power. He will not be jealous of, the, of your special, honorable messengership that I'm sending you, sending you out on. He will be happy with the fact that you're the leader of the Jewish people, even though he's older. Even though he should be the one who gets the job. He will not be jealous. You don't have to worry. It seems like non-responsive to the... That's not what Moshe was... That's exactly that because Hashem knows what Moshe meant. Uh-huh. Moshe meant, take Aaron because Aaron is going to feel bad. Mm-hmm. He's going to feel bad. It's not right. It's not right. Why should, why should I be the leader of the Jewish people? Aaron is just as qualified as me. He's a prophet. It's not right. You're going to make him feel bad. That really was his reason? That was his reason. It's going to, you're going to make him feel bad. So Hashem answers, I'm not going to make him feel bad. He's going to be happy for you. Because he loves you. So he's going to be happy for you. He's not going to feel bad. He's going to come out and greet you. He's going to have your back. Right? That's what, uh, that's what uh, the Ramban says. Okay, the uh, Rashi also says the same thing. Rashi says, that he's not going to be mocked. It's not going to bother him at all. He's not going to bother him that, he, that, he, that he's a leader. And Rashi says, in the name of the Gemara and Chavez, on page 139a, Rashi says that Aaron was Zoha. He merited that he merited that the Choshen, that the breastplate of the Kohen Gadol should be placed on his heart. Because if you'll notice, the verse here says, and he will be happy in his heart. Aaron will be happy in his heart. So as a reward for the fact that he'll be happy in his heart, the breastplate of the high priest will be on him. That's what's going to, that's what, that's what Rashi says. So, <coughs> Rabbi Shmuel Haminar, in his book, The Ever HaMelech, says that from here we have a mitzvah. Here we have a mitzvah. We are commanded to be happy for others. When we see that other people, uh, when we see that other people achieve uh, a glory, they achieve anything that is good, 
that this should not be bad in our eyes. We should not be jealous of them. Instead, we should truly be happy for what they for, for them. Because this, what you see, is the exempt, the quintessence of this was Aaron Akohen. Aaron was the was was the person who was always happy for everyone, for for everyone, and especially his brother. He was favoring Hashem. Testified that Aaron would be happy. So from here, we are commanded that we should be happy for others when we come into similar situations. This will be the uh, the topic of our discussion this evening. So is it actually a commandment? It's actually like one of the mitzvahs? Uh, so the Ebed HaMelech says that it is included in the mitzvah of Ahachal Arecha Kamocha, that you should love your neighbor as yourself. You have to love your neighbor as yourself, but here the Torah is specifically telling us an example of this. The Torah is giving us an example. How does what, what's one way that, that, that a person loves their neighbor as themselves? One way is, is that, they, is that they're, they're truly the happy when they see that, that, that their friends and neighbors are successful. Okay? Fine. Not easy. What? This is, one, this is, good. This is a very difficult, uh, this is a difficult um, attribute to achieve. As here's an example. The Medrish Tanhuma on, uh, in this week's Pasha says that all the brothers throughout history hated each other. Until, until Moshe and Aaron came along. For example, says the Medvish, Cain hated Hevel. He killed Hevel. Okay? Yishmuel hated Yitzchak. Um, what? Esav. thank you. Esav hated Yaakov. Adrian, thank you, right? Esav hated Yaakov. The tribes hated Yosef. Okay? That's, this is the way that it went. This is the way that it went. And it says in Shira Shirem, it says in the Song of Songs, that the Jewish people say that who should be a brother to me? What kind of, that Hashem should be like a brother to me? What kind of, what's an example of this? What it says in the Psalms in 133, How beautiful it is, how good it is, and how sweet it is when two brothers sit together. That they love each other and are beloved to one another. This is Moshe and Aaron. They are the examples. That Moshe took the kingdom and Aaron took the priesthood and they were both happy for each other. They didn't hate each other. But they were happy for each other's success. Here in this week's Pasha we see the example. Right? As the Medrash continues, we see the example of the fact that, that Aaron was happy for Moshe. Aaron was happy for Moshe the fact that Moshe was, so to speak, the king of the Jewish people. This is what the, uh, the Medrash Tanhuma says. And also, the Medrash adds that Aaron was, the Medrash adds that Aaron was uh, merited that in his heart, he should, on his heart, he should have the breastplate. Okay. So the Medrash, the Medrash gives us now an example. It tells us how Moshe was happy <coughs> for the fact that Aaron was successful. Right? So the Medrash says that who put who put the, as, as we describe in that, in that chapter until in 133, who put the anointing oil? The way that they anointed the high priest is that they put oil on him and it dripped on his beard. Right? So the, the, uh, the, uh, the verse until him there uses a double expression. It says the word, the beard twice. It says that it's Zakan, Zakan Aaron, the beard, the beard of Aaron. So the Medrash in Vayikra asks, in, in Pasha 3, the Medrash asks, why does it say the word beard twice? Right? Why does it say the word beard twice? So the Medrash answers 
that one beard is for Aaron and the other beard is for Moshe. That when Moshe was pouring the anointing oil on Aaron, he was happy as if the oil was on his own beard. Wow. It was as if it was on his own beard. He was happy for him that he was becoming the high priest. So here we have the example of the fact that Moshe and Aaron were both happy for each other as the men of Stankuma says when they were appointed in a position of greatness. And as the Torah testifies in this week's Pasha. Okay. So... Yeah, so the, the Maral, in his commentary, the Nesivas Olam, in uh, chapter Nesiv Leif Tov, says, gives us the, uh, gives us the, the depth of, of, uh, of, this, of this discussion. Where does it come from? That how, how is it that one is happy for other people? Where does it come from? What, is the, uh, what are the mechanics of it? And what are the ramifications, what are the consequences of such a thing? Okay? So before we continue, you know, the, the Ebed HaMelech basically says, the Ebed HaMelech basically says, Rabbi Shmuel Hamid in his book, he says, when you see that a person has a nice house, or a person has good svarim, he has good, uh, nice safer, right? Or if he has, uh, if, if a person says, I want to have his house, I want to have his car. So then, that's already transgressing one of the Ten Commandments. Right, uh, either either los achmoid or los esade, and parshas yisro, parshas parshas chanan. Right, the person is transgressing one of the ten commandments when they do that. If they say, "I want the other person's," uh, as the Torah says, right, if they if they, if they want uh, their possessions. However, if a person just says, "Okay, you know what? I don't want his thing, but I want to have my own. I want to have my own uh, car." Right, so then he doesn't transgress los achmoid, but still, this is considered to be jealousy person instead should be happy for others. When they see they have a new house, they just say, oh, Gvaldik, it's great. This person was merited that, uh, that he has a nice house. I'm so happy for him. He must enjoy that Kishmaka couch that he has in his, uh, as a, you know, leather couch that they have in their, in, in their, in their living room or whatever it is. Um, uh, there's a story with, uh, with Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. I don't remember exactly, but in his book about it, in his biography. So, uh, person once came into, the, 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 the biographer made it a point to, uh, that Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky didn't care about nice cars. But uh, this person came in and he, said, he came into his house and he said, he said to him, I, I just bought a very nice car. I want you to come and see my car. So Rabbi Yaakov went outside and he sat out in the car and he said, Ooh, wow, nice car, has automatic windows and the seats seat's back and it's, it's leather seats. It's, it's, it's a great car. He, he didn't have such a car. But he, but he enjoyed it. He, could, he, can, he can feel the, 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 the point of the story in the book was that he could feel the happiness of his friend, how he must enjoy this car, right? So, so he says, Rabbi Shmuel Amina says that it's, that, that, that it's, that, um, that that's how we should feel when somebody else has something that, that, that we don't have or maybe perhaps we do have or they have something good, then we should, we should, we should be happy for them. And we should even dive into Hashem. We should thank Hashem. When we see that somebody merited that they have a nice car, a nice house, or they have children, we don't have children, right? Whatever it may be, we should dive into Hashem in our next next fila and thank Hashem that they merited that they should have the car, that, they, that Hashem gave them the car, 
Baruch Hashem, you gave him with such a nice car. You gave him children. You gave him with good health. Right? That's you should, you should, you should daven forever for such a person. The, 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 the person, the, 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 the person was Zoha, that they, that they, the, the, that Hashem gave him this. Okay, so the morale, the morale discusses what is the, the morale discusses what is, what is behind, what is behind this. So there's a pasuk in Mishlei. The pasuk says in Mishlei this, chapter 22. Oyev Torlev. Hashem loves somebody who has a pure heart. Chain Svasov. His, um, the, the grace is his lips. Re'eyu Melech. And his friend is the king. So Shlomo HaMelech is telling us, says the Maral, Shlomo HaMelech is telling us that somebody who has a good heart is a person who has a pure heart. A pure heart is somebody who has a good heart. That, somebody who has a good heart is called a Taharlev. So the, the Mishle Proverbs is, is describing here somebody who has a pure heart. A person who has a pure heart is loved in the Shamayim, he's loved by Hashem, and that person is also loved by people. Because what does the verse say again? The verse says, Hashem Hashem loves somebody who has a pure heart. Grace is on their lips. In other words, if somebody is a person who's good-hearted, so to speak, we're going to define what this means, person who's good-hearted, they can't hide it. What's the most, says, says the, um, says the Maral, what is the most exterior part of the body in terms of, in terms of our relationship to the person is their lips. That's the most exterior part. So even in the most, even if a person is deep, they have a pure, good heart, if a person is, is, is good-hearted, then it's recognizable in the most exterior part of their body. What is that? Their lips. When they speak, people can tell. A person can sense. They can know that this person has a good heart. Okay, so that's why it says that he has a Torah, that the, that the, that the, uh, the grace is their lips. And everybody is that person's friend. When a person has a good heart, everybody is their friend because everybody recognizes something's good here. Something's good. I don't know what it is. I'm not sure what it is, but something's good. That's a good person. Everybody knows. Says the, uh, says the Maral. The Mishnah tells us in Turkey Yavos that, uh, that, uh, that there was a bunch of students that were asked, what is the best, what is the best character trait that a person can have? Mm-hmm. Does anybody remember, Rabbi Yonison, do you remember, what's the best character trait a person can have? The Mishnah in Turkey Yavos. Want to take a guess? A good heart. A good heart. So Rabbi Yonison said, somebody who, has, somebody who has a good heart, and he was told that his, right, what? It includes everything else. A person has a good heart, that includes everything else. It includes a good eye. It includes every character trait. It is person who is good-hearted, that when we're talking about a, good, uh, a person who is good-hearted, which we'll define what that means, right? a person who is good-hearted or has a pure heart, that everybody loves them, including Hashem, that person includes all the character traits. That is the best character trait to have. That's what the Maral says. The opposite is true with somebody who is not good-hearted. Somebody who's evil-hearted. The verse says, in, also in Proverbs, in Mishlei 26, Kesef sigim mitzupa al If you take silver, that's not good silver. Is there such a word for such a thing? Not good silver. Mm-hmm. Uh, leftover. Yeah. Mixed silver. Not, not, not purified. Yeah. Piece, if you take good silver, you try to cover <laughs> um, 
earthenware with it, so it, you, it, the, the cover is going to be a fallacy. You know, you're not going to be able to see that this is not one of the finest pieces uh, that, the, the, that the world's artists have produced, right? So say if it's covered like this, the lips burn and the heart is evil. Says the uh, says the the, the Maral, This means the the the, the Mishlei means that somebody who has a bad heart, somebody who is who is not good, it's like the, the, and they pretend that they are, and they pretend that they are. Yeah, they sweet talk, they smile, they are, uh, wh- whatever it is that one does when one pretends to be good, it's like covering, um, it's like covering shards, it's like co- covering earthenware with silver that's not good. You could see it on their lips. You could see it on their lips. What's the source of it? The person has a bad heart, you could see it on their lips. Everybody can tell that this person is not pure. Okay, everybody can tell that this person doesn't have Good, a uh, 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 good heart. That's what the Maral says. Maybe in his day and age, it was easier to. I know it's hard to. Yeah, <laughs> nowadays, people discuss it nowadays very well. it's really hard to. to I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Does everybody agree to that uh, with Bailey Reddle? Yeah. yeah. It's, a hard it's hard to know. Some I don't know. Really I don't know. Some people could talk to you and it sounds very attractive. Yeah, you're right. Right. At the end, they're, you know, manipulating and pulling strings. He says, the Mara says, you can't hide it. You can't, your mommies can't hide it. People will tell. Eventually. But eventually. You might not be conscious of it, yeah. but people can tell. Maybe not people first side, but eventually you'll find out. Yeah. Okay, so now, this is the Mara says, yeah, Adrian. The description of a person with a bad heart saying nice things, isn't that 90% of us? I mean, a lot of us do try so hard to feel happy for other people or say the nice thing and you're thinking to yourself, but that's not a bad heart. Okay, so one, one second, one second. The life is complicated. Life is complicated. It's not black or white. It's not black or white. There are the, the, uh, obviously, uh, obviously, because we're having this discussion, we all need to work on it. Hashem wants us to work on it. Hashem wants us to achieve this character trait and its 100% purity. But uh, nobody is perfect. Can't say somebody has a bad heart or a good heart. But some people are at the extremes. It's for us to learn that wherever we are, we try to improve ourselves. I think if you're trying to feel good for the other person, that already puts you on a good scale. But there are people who don't even want to try. You know what I mean? There are people who are, evil means that you don't even care if you hate other people. Like, you know, like Scrooge, this is the season for Scrooge. I think that's, that's the epitome of an, of an evil person. But when you're trying and you have these inner feelings of, of guilt or, or jealousy, I don't think that makes us evil, that makes us human. As long as we're, as long as we're trying, trying to overcome it. I think that makes us Okay, let's continue for the moment and then we'll then we'll see. I don't think I don't think it's 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 a hundred percent true area, Adrian. We're not we're not like that. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, okay. not a hundred percent. We're not like that. But they are evil people. Okay, let's let, let's continue. Well, so I the Mara says that, that he's describing an evil person. Oh. I mean, no, we're describing a character trait. We're describing a character trait. Oh. Describing a character trait. So so the morale, the morale says, What's an example of such a person? What's an example of a person with a good heart? That's Aaron Akoin. That's Aaron. What's an example of a good heart? That's Aaron. So now we see what? A good heart is connected to somebody who's happy for other people. 
That's the example that he quotes. He quotes, you know why Aaron was happy for, for Moshe? Because he had a good heart. A good heart is the cause for being happy for other people. Now, says the Maral. So why is the, what is the reward? What does the Torah say? The Torah says, V'samach bilibo. And Aaron was happy in his heart. The Torah is telling us. Why was Aaron happy? Because of the E, he was happy in his heart. He had a good, Aaron had a good heart. Now, what did he, what was his reward? His reward was the breastplate. What's in the breastplate? In the breastplate is the Urim Bitumim. The Urim Bitumim. Where does it sit on the high priest? It sits on their breast, on their, on their, on their chest. Right? That's where it sits. The breastplate sits on their chest. And what it, this was, this facilitated Ruach HaKodesh, divine inspiration. This facilitated divine inspiration. So says the Maral, how is this all connected? The Maral says that the seat of divine inspiration is the heart. So if the heart is good, if it's pure, then there's possibility for divine inspiration. And since Aaron's heart was good and pure, therefore he merited the Urim Vitumim, the Kohen Gogol's breastplate, which was the vehicle for, which was the tool for divine inspiration. What is the heart, says the Maram? The heart is the, the, the house, he says, of the person. It's not the actual heart, but it's the house of the person, where the intellect is seated. It's where the intellect sits. It is a description of where the intellect of the person is. Right? Where it's contained. So therefore, if the intellect, if the heart which contains the intellect is pure, then there's cause, there's the ability to have divine inspiration because where does the divine inspiration come from? It comes through the intellect because divine inspiration is divine inspiration. God inspires a person with information that goes into their intellect. But it has to be that the intellect that sits in the heart, the heart has to be pure in order for it to happen. So therefore, says the Maral, that says the Maral, that that's why Aaron got the reward of divine inspiration because he had a good heart. Now, what does good heart mean? What does this mean? He says that a good heart means. Makes you wonder about Elia Cohen, how he could have made such a mistake then. What about about thinking about? Thinking Shikoa instead of Kosher, you know? About yes, yes, we're going to get to it, okay. Very uh, good track. Oh, so now, the Maral says, the Maral says, what does it mean to have a good heart? That a person wants that others should have good. That's what it means, a good heart. That a person wants that others should have good. So Purity of heart means that you are happy for other people. So, someone might have a new heart and you're really happy for them that they have a new house and it's a really nice house. But inside, like, y- you wish your house was a little bit nicer. Right, but it nicer like their house, so that's not pure. Doesn't mean the other person to have the house. Right. Like, right. Oh, it's still yes, pure you're still in my pure. eyes. Yes, you're still pure. Because you really feel so, happy. So, okay, so that's, <laughs> you're asking, you're asking uh, Adrian's question. Yep. You're asking Adrian's yeah. question. Right, we all, we all come into the situation where, we all come into the situation where, where we see people have other things, and uh, if we confess, we see that you know uh, maybe Rabbi Green can do a good impersonation of ourselves, right? That we are that we are not necessarily happy for other we're not necessarily happy for other people. So what do we do about it? 
Well, before you, you're saying you're, you're not necessarily happy, happy but you're really happy. You could be happy. happy with somebody else. You are happy. You could be very happy that but you want I'm so happy my friend or whoever achieved this goal. They bought a new house. It's a beautiful house. Like, you know, well, thank God for bug. them. Like, it's, well, it's good that bug. they had it. <laughs> On the other hand, I'm just thinking, like, wow, I really wish my house was like that. Which was what maybe. Yeah, like what I would like to have. Why not me? But that's not taking away from. It's not taking away from my happiness of what they have. Uh huh, uh huh. I hear. And it also, what it sounds like is it's left you slightly dissatisfied. And that takes you to the full circle of happy is the guy who's satisfied with his lot. And that's the case where it's really kind of easy to be really pleased. Well, but then again, I think that they would say if it motivates you to do something about it and it's within your your means to do it, that's fine. If it's not within your means to do it, then what Adrian says goes that you're supposed that you're supposed to believe uh, we're supposed to believe on some level that we have exactly what we need. Hashem gives us what we need. Oh, okay, fine. So, 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 so Tammy and Adrian would say Tammy and Adrian are saying. Tammy and Adrian are saying, yes, it's we see that the other person has this, whatever that they have, but it's not that we want their things, right, and we're not, it's not that we're not happy for them not having right. it, but we see that we also need it. No, want it. Well, <laughs> we want it. So, so, so if we see that we also want it, but we don't necessarily need it, or we'll feel better if we have it, truly feel better, no, we just want it. So, so Baylor's answer to that is if we just want it, is that the Orchus Tadikim says, Right, the ways of the righteous says that we that that we the perspective that a, a Jewish person should have on life is is that whatever we have, Hashem gave us, and whatever everybody else has or whatever else we see in the store is just an illusion. If it's not in our house, then it's impossible for us to have it. As the fact that it's not in our possession is a decree from Hashem that it's not in our possession. Therefore. The fact that we, that we see it in somebody else's possession and imagine that we can have it in our possession is just an illusion. It's, it's, it's an illusion it's because it can't be in our possession because Hashem is not inside. But then you're inside. losing motivation. Like yeah. if you think no, that the lot that you have is the lot you're supposed to have, why should you ever work harder? Well, if that makes you reach because that a higher standard for yourself, I don't see that it's wrong. Yeah, that's right. Why? If it makes you reach a higher standard for yourself, I don't Well, I'm specifically, we're specifically answering Adrian because Adrian says... I want it. Yeah. If you say like Tammy that I is Tammy uh, did you say that Tammy that I that I think I need it, then that's a different issue already. No, then Rab Shmuel Hamina says if I need it, or it'll be nice to have it because it'll be better for me. I'll feel better, therefore I'll be able to serve Hashem better mm-hmm. if I have it. So then you could dive into Hashem to, to have it. Why not? If you feel that, that, that you could use it, then they, or you can or you can grow from it. That, that's fine. But if you just say, I want it, right. then Bela is answering that if I just, I want it, so the Urkha Sadiqim says, then I just can't have it. If, uh, you know, if Rabbi Mir bin Rubin has this Kenneth Cole watch and I imagine that I can put it on my hand and walk away with it, it's an illusion because Hashem decreed that it should be his and not mine. Mm-hmm. So uh, therefore, the fact that it sits there is, is an impossibility. It's as if it doesn't exist as far as being in my possession is concerned. Right now. That doesn't mean you, won't, you can have it at some future time. And at that future time when you have it, 
then <coughs> obviously Hashem tells you to have it. Well, you may, you may never have it, whatever that it is, whether it's material, spiritual, whatever. You could strive for it, and if you don't have it, I guess. You could strive for it as long as it doesn't make you bitter if you don't get it. Right. There's a reason not to have what that is. Right. Yeah. But like what you said, you said even spiritual. Like if you don't yeah. have it, like you could look at someone and be impressed by the way. Yeah, I want to be smarter than everybody. Behave, whatever. So, so, so. If you want to be smarter than everybody else, have intent in the block of Chayin Adas and Shmoneh, so that Hashem should give you more uh, more intellect. Okay. So the Maral says the Maral says that one of the consequences of this attribute is being down the kafshus. That when we see somebody in a questionable situation, and this is, uh, in my opinion, this is a very deep insight of the Maral. When we see somebody in a compromising situation. So we have two ways to assume. We can assume that we don't understand what's happening, and perhaps maybe they're doing something out of necessity. For example, let's say we see somebody not eating kosher food or whatever, chas v'shalom. So we can assume that perhaps maybe, uh, you know, they have an ulcer, they need to have food right away, or there's, uh, there's some danger of some sort, or, or they're just eating it because they want, uh, they want to eat it. So we have those two assumptions. So a person who has a good heart, and wants other people to, 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 to have and is happy for other people will assume that this person is, doing, is not doing the wrong thing. They're probably doing it out of necessity. Why? Because since we want to see the morale, since we want to see the good of other people, we want to see so badly that other people are successful that we're almost blinded by the fact that they're not successful. And we so, we, we so wish for them to be successful that even though we see them in a compromising situation, we assume that they're being successful because so badly we want them to be successful. Mm-hmm. However, a person, says the moral, a person who does not want other people to be successful, they want it's about them. They don't want it that it should be them and everything else. Then they will always see the bad in everybody else because it's convenient for them to see the other bad in the other bad in everybody else because then they can convince themselves that they don't have the success that they would be jealous of if they, if they would be having it. And therefore they will assume that they are, that they're not being successful. That's the consequence of it. Now, I just happen to have stumbled on, a, on an amazing, um, on an amazing Gemara in Kiddushin, um, which doesn't really have to do with, with this whole discussion, but uh, at the beginning of it does. But uh, my Rebbe said that when you read the whole Gemara, when you read a Gemara, you should read the whole Gemara. In the name of the Chazonish, that's what he was told. The Chazonish told him that he should read the whole Gemara. So I'm not going to read the whole Gemara, but uh, whatever part we can make whole, that part we're going to read the whole thing. So it's a story. The um, the the Talmud says there was a story with Yanai, the king. Uh, Rashi says that Yanai was from the Chashmonoyim. He was the Hasmonia uh, king. He was a Kohen. <coughs> he was a Kohen. Um. So he went and he was in a war says the Gemara in Kiddush on page 66a, he was in a war, and he was very happy when he came back from the war, and he called all the rabbis into, he called all the rabbis into, the, into a room. He said to them, he said to them, our forefathers ate salted food, which is not such good food, in, in the time that they were building the temple. We will also, in their memory, eat salted food too. Right, and they, they brought salted food on tables of gold, and there was there, and I have to read this in the Hebrew, I'll translate. There was a person at this party who was a let's, person who was, makes fun, 
this is, I noticed this as I was preparing for this class. I noticed this that the Gemara says he had a levra. He had an evil heart. Huh? How about that? He had an evil heart. Right? Ubliyal. He was a rebel. He rebelled against the yoke of heaven. And what was his name? Valazer ben Puria Shmo. His name was Valazer ben Puria. So the Talmud tells us his name, so we should remember it forever. This person's name. So he said to Allah ben Puriya, Yanai, you should know that the rabbis have something in for you. They don't like you. So the uh, Yanai said, what should I do? So he said to them, you know what you should do? Take the, uh, the tits. The tits was one of the, one, of the, one of the articles of clothing that the high priest wore, mm-hmm. which said, uh, uh, it was a, the headband, which said, Kodesh Hashem, that holy to is to God. And it was written Hashem's name on the tits. Right? Rashi says, it's no problem. Even when you're not doing the, 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 the service, you're allowed to put it on. So he says, put it on. Right? Put it on. Put on the tits when you go into the party. Okay? Now, there was a person there, an older person. His name was Yehuda ben Gedida, one of the rabbis. And, or it doesn't actually call him a rabbi, but it says Yehuda ben Gedida. And Yehuda ben Gedida said to Yanai the king, he said, Yanai, you have enough for uh, the monarchy where you need to be the high priest also. Right? Because when he saw the, the, the thing on his forehead, so he sees that Yanai wanted to be the high priest also because he was a Kohen. He was a Hashmanah. Uh, he was a Kohen. Leave that to the seed of Aaron. Leave that to the seed of Aaron. You know, you're your king. That's enough. Why? Because there was a rumor that his mother was captured in Modian. And a, and a woman who's captured in Modian, a woman who's captured, right? And then she has a child that's a Kohen. He's disqualified from doing the, uh, he's disqualified from doing the disservice. So therefore, this, 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 because there was this rumor, because there was this rumor, he said, leave it, you be the king. Forget about this. Your mother is questionable. Right? Wow. what he said to him. So, so Yanai said, okay, let's research to, let's research to see if my, if, my yichos, if my genealogy is questionable. And they researched it, and they found that it was not questionable. They found that he was, that he was a bona fide, qualified Kohen. And he could be the Kohen Gali, he could be the high priest, in addition to being the king. So he got angry. Says the Talmud, he got angry. Right? And the laws of Empuria said to the Yanai the king, a regular person is not treated this way. You're treated like a piece of garbage. This is the way they treat the king of Israel. Even a regular person they would talk in such a way. How can you, how can you, talk, how can you let them talk to you this way? Mm. So Yanai said, yeah, and not only you're a king, you're also the coin couple, you're the high priest. So Yanai said, what should I do? So what was the advice of Allah Zimbabwe, this person with the late Ra, with the evil heart? He said, kill them all. So Yana asked the obvious question. Yana asked the obvious question. The Torah might What's going to be with the Torah? I kill all the rabbis. What's going to be with the Torah? So listen to what Allah Zimbabwe said. Allah Zimbabwe said, you know what's going to be with the Torah? The Torah is sitting in the ark. It's sitting over there. Whoever, it's, it's, it's wound up. Whoever will call our rights a little more job of Yoma. Whoever wants to learn Torah, let him go open up the Torah from the ark. He can sit down and learn. Wow. <laughs> right? You don't need the rabbis. So the Talmud says immediately he became uh, an apikoros, which means a person who denies the, li- the validity oh, of yeah. the oral law. Yeah, right. No, the, uh, uh, um, yeah. the, uh, the, uh, right, both of them, right, became, because they, they, they're denying the validity of the oral law, because yeah. the, the, the oral law goes through the rabbis, the written law is just the written law. 
So what happened? Immediately they went and they killed all the people. They kill, he killed all the rabbis with the exception of one because he was married because of his brother-in-law. He was married to his wife. So he said for Shem ben Shotach. Shem ben Shotach survived this and he is the one who, who, who was the, the passage of the Torah. Yeah. This, is the, uh, this is the story. The reason why the Talmud tells the story is because the Talmud wants to know exactly how they figured out that his mother was legitimate, whatever it is. Right? But anyway, the Talmud says that this person, Allah Zimpuri, had a levra. He had an evil heart. So how does, how does that fit into the context of our discussion? A, a person who's an evil heart, who doesn't want to see uh, good of all, is not happy for others, who is not, who, who, who judges other people unfavorably. How does that fit into this story? How does that fit? So I looked in the Rashi, and Rashi says that what did Allah Zidane Puriya say about the rabbis? Allah Zidane Puriya told the rabbi, he told, told Yannai Amelech, he told him like this, he told him, right, Liban Alecha, the hearts of the rabbis are on you. What did Allah, he also uses this word heart. The hearts of the rabbis are on you. This person that the Talmud says had an evil heart yeah. told Yanai that the hearts of the rabbis are on you. What does that mean? Right? What does that what? So what does that mean? So Rashi says, what does that mean? They hate you, says Rashi. And they're not happy with your success. Rashi says this. I couldn't believe it. Manish, my uh, good luck. Rashi, what, what, what does it mean that their hearts are on you? They're not happy with your success. But he was just saying that because he had oh, a oh, oh. So he was saying that. Very, very good. So he was saying that. What was he <coughs> doing? He was projecting right. his right. own right. lay his own evil heart right. on the rabbis. Right. Right. Because he was the one who was jealous of Yanai, the king, of his right. success. Right. And he was telling, he was telling Yanai that the rabbis are jealous of Yanai. That's, that, that, that's what happened here. He was projecting his labra on the rabbis. Well, he was saying, we don't need, you don't need the rabbis, you can use the Torah. No, that was his response. That was his response. That at first, he, said, at first he said, they're, hard, they're jealous of you. At first he said, their hearts are upon you. Then when Yana said, what are we going to do about the Torah? Fine, they're jealous of me. But what are we going to do about the Torah? So he said, the Torah, what is the Torah? Go, go take the homish off the shelf and you can learn it yourself. Right? So, this, so the Talmud, uh, the Talmud seems to say, or Rashi seems to say clearly, like this morale. He says, like this morale. He says, exactly. That a person who is a lay ra, but this takes us to a different level now. Person who's a lay ra is unhappy with other people's success, but not only is he unhappy with other people's success, but he projects, or she projects, the jealousy that they have for the other person's success upon somebody else. Which is exactly the opposite of what you said about somebody who has a, a good heart other people also sees other people in a, that's, in a that's good That's why life. other right. people feel well about right. them. Right. Right. Can you just give us a, a practical example of what's going on here? Because I'm a little concerned. A practical example. So uh, you see that somebody becomes the president of the shul. Okay. Somebody becomes the president of the shul. So, so uh, Yoinison says to Mordechai ben Herschel, he says, he says, he says to, uh, to the president, he says to the president, he says, you should know that, uh, Mordechai, I'm sorry, I'm using you here. Yoinison says to Mordechai ben Herschel, he says, okay, you should know uh, that Mordechai ben Herschel is jealous of you, uh, Amir, that you're the president of the shul. And then Amir says, <laughs> <laughs> so, so Amir says, what should we do? So, so he says, that's we're going to have to speak to the Gabbai. We're not going to give, uh, we're not going to give more Rabbi Nesha and Aliyah anymore. That's it. Because he, because he's jealous of me. 
I, it was a fair vote. Everybody voted for me. It was a democracy. It's not fair. So, so, but really, it's Jonathan who's jealous of Amir, who's the president of the shul. So Jonathan is projecting upon Mordechai. He doesn't do anything. He didn't do anything. He's innocent. He didn't do anything. But he's no business. But Jonathan is the jealous one. It's not. Doesn't stop it. It is. It's all. It leads to all these things. Yeah. So what happens? What happens is sometimes, sometimes we see in ourselves. Sometimes we see in ourselves. Sometimes we see in ourselves that we maybe we think these thoughts come into our minds. Perhaps maybe we think that so and so is so so and so is upset with someone, but maybe it's really us. Right. We never know. Yitzharat starts from there. Sometimes you're jealous about someone, so you talk about that person. Kind of, I don't know. Well, that's that, like David was saying. That's why you have to be so careful what you say. Because even if Luke, you think he you got say something positive, but really wasn't in a good way, he was doing something negative. You could really be saying something negative. And as, look, as Adrian and Tammy, everybody's saying that we, we feel both emotions. When we go to a wedding and we dance with the collar, right? Uh, most, mostly, we, we, uh, mostly. We feel, we feel happy for the caller. We feel happy that she found somebody to marry and that the Baruch Hashem, they're going to build a bias them, they're going to build a nice uh, Jewish home. Right? We, 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 we want to make them happy. We want to make them happy. We're happy for them, the fact that they're married. Right? Usually, usually. Usually. Sometimes somebody gets a nice house next door or a car or whatever, so we, we feel bad that we don't have it. Both emotions. So, both emotions. So this is the lesson. This is the lesson in the Pasha. That, that, that we should work on it. We try to work on ourselves as much as, that we, as much as we can. As much as we can. Because this is the, the, the um, according to the Marah and according to this Rashi, this is the key that includes all good deeds. This is, this is what it, it includes everything. For example, the Marah says, um, the Maral says, skip around in this, in this chapter. The Maral, for example, says that somebody, somebody, who, um, somebody who's jealous of other people, right? So what does that mean exactly? That means that they don't see space for other people. They don't see that other people can be successful in addition to themselves okay. in the world, right? There's no space for them. There's only space for me. Whatever they have, I could have had. Right, whatever, or, or, I, I, or whatever they have, I, I don't yet have. Whatever it is, right? So that's what they see. So the Maral says, this is a, it's an amazing Gemara here, that the Gemara talks about in the Gemara in Tractate Shabbos on page 152b. The, 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 the Gemara tells a story about how uh, one rabbi found another rabbi who's, uh, who, who did it, who's, whose body didn't decompose. And he explained to him that some that only people who are jealous of other people, their bodies decompose. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, so the Maral explains why, why. Why is it that a person's body decomposes uh, if they're jealous? Well, we don't have to do with anything. So he says, jealousy means, jealousy means that there's no space. Jealousy means there's no space for somebody else. So that means, really, that that person is in, in a realm of no space. They see that there, right, there's an emptiness to them. Because they don't see space for everybody else, and they can't spread out. So there's an emptiness to them, and emptiness, an emptiness attaches to their spiritual selves. Wow. Right. So what happens? What are the bones representative of a person? The bones representative. It is the foundation. It is the, it is upon which the person stands. So if there's an emptiness, that emptiness, fruition of that emptiness becomes that there is no foundation. There is no bones, and therefore there's decomposition. Right. So that, that's the way the Maral explains this.
Okay. Um, yeah. So then he, he takes it all the way. The Maral says that what happens is what happens is is that when 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 a person becomes in in its extreme, when a person sees other when a person sees other people, and they, and then they're not happy for them, that eventually comes hatred, because eventually if you don't have what they have, and you want what they have, and you're not happy for what they have, and you should have what they have, so what happens is you begin to hate them for the fact that they have it, and you don't. Okay? So the Maral explains that if that's the case, the Talmud tells us in Tractate Yuma, page 90, is that the second temple was destroyed because, because of baseless hatred. So the, 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 uh, the Talmud says like this, the, the, the Maral is a very interesting explanation. He says that the first temple was given because of Avraham Yitzhak and Yaakov. He proves that the reason why we received the first temple is because it was in the merit of our forefathers, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Right? He says that Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov excelled at particular character traits, which he says were um, uh, Gili Arias, Avodazar, and Shvichas the three character, three cardinal sins. They excelled in illicit relationships, not excelled in, in a negative way, no, it's keeping themselves away from it, right? Illicit relationships, idol worship, and murder. And as long as the Jewish people as long as the Jewish people, and he proves how each one was careful, went out of his way to be careful. For example, Abraham was, was uh, illicit relationships. Yitzchak was Avodah Zara, was, uh, idol, uh, Yitzchak was idol worship, and Yaakov was, was, was murder. So as long as the Jewish people were careful with these things, says the Maral, as long as the Jewish people were careful with these things, so therefore they had the temple. As soon as they were not careful with these things, they lost the temple, and therefore the, the Talmud says in the same place that the reason why the first temple was destroyed was because of these three things. However, the uh, second temple was not built because of the forefathers, but because of the Jewish people. Because of the Jewish people. Why? Because the merit of the forefathers is no longer in the second temple. It's only in the first temple. Now, the Jewish people, what merit do they have in order to have the temple? The fact that they are one. The fact that they are one people. The fact that they are together as one unit. What brings disunity? What brings uh, disharmony? Lush and Hara, right? But how does it happen? Through hatred. It happens through hatred. So therefore, what happens, says the Maal? What, what happens? You lose the, you lose the Beis HaMikdash. So you see that this, says the Maal, you see that jealousy or having a lev ra can come to hatred, which can cause disunity, and disunity takes away the merit for the temple, and that is, as the Talmud says, is equivalent to the three cardinal sins of idol worship uh, 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 of these three things. Okay, we conclude with one last statement of the Talmud, I guess, and then we'll conclude. <coughs> the Talmud says, in Tractate Shabbos, page 32b, Rabbi Nehemia taught, if a person hates somebody for no reason, then there's going to be disharmony in their home. There's going to be, there's not going to be shown bias. People are going to be fighting in the house, at home. There's not, nobody's going to get along. 
Not only that, a person's wife will also miscarry. Okay? So, this is what the thumb says. And the sons and the daughters will die when they're young. Now, this is an extreme. When the rabbis talk, this is a very extreme statement to get the attention. Right? This is what we're talking about in, the, in, the, in an extreme. In the extreme, this is what happens. In the extreme, the temple gets destroyed. In the extreme, when the temple gets destroyed, millions of people get killed. Right? So in the extreme, this is what happens in the private life also. It's not only, not only does the, is the, the Jewish people in, in, their har- in, in their harmony amongst themselves get destroyed, but also because the, pri- the private units, the homes also become destroyed when it, come, when it comes to hatred and an evil heart. Okay? So says the moral. How does the Talmud make such a statement? There's no proof from verse. It doesn't logically make sense. Hatred is hatred, but how does it lead to these things? Okay? So the Maral explains, he says, that the heart is what? The heart is the house of the Seichel. It is the abode that, 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 that keeps within it the mind. In other words, the heart is that which is the house of the person. It is the person themselves, as we explained before, right? Therefore, if a person has a bad heart, if they have a lev ra, if they have a bad ha- heart, then they have no foundation, they have no house. So now, if they don't have a house in the spiritual sense, also, it becomes that the consequence of that is, is that they don't have a house in the, sp- in, the, in, the, in the physical sense either. So what is the physical manifestation of a, of, 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 of a house, of a, of, of a person, one's wife, as the Talmud tell, tells us in Tractate Yuma on page 2a, that a person, the, the, the unit of a man and a woman, the manifestation of the house into reality comes from the woman. This is a larger discussion. But comes from the woman. That's the house. So if the spiritual is not functioning house, then the physical house also doesn't function. And it becomes, it deteriorates. And the children who are in the house, also, something happens to them because, because there is no foundation. Because there is a levra, there is jealousy and there is hatred, which causes this destruction. So therefore, says the moral, or the, the message, this evening is, for us, is that a lev tov, like Rabbi bin Allah said in the Ethics of Our Fathers, is the source of everything. Because when a person has a lev tov and they have a good heart, then they have a good foundation. If they have a good foundation, they have good bones. If they have the good bones and a good foundation, they have a good place to put their safe or to put a place their mind. Right? And if they do, so then, if they have a good place to place their mind, then, what? There is shown bias. There is... Everything flourishes. There, everything flourishes. Bridges are built. The base amygdash is built. Right? And... Everybody looks out for everybody else. Everybody's happy with everybody else's success. And everybody looks out to make sure that when, when people see that a questionable character, when they do something wrong, instead of assuming that they're doing something wrong, they assume that they're doing something right and try to help them out if, if, if it's a bad situation. So therefore, the key is to try to train ourselves whichever way is possible. The key to success in this area is to try to train ourselves like Aaron to learn from the lesson of Aaron that Hashem should be able to testify about us that we will see other people's success and be happy about it in our hearts because our hearts will be the source of that happiness that's the message that I wanted to share with everybody so 
Any any questions before we conclude? That's what? Good message. Okay. Have a good chat. Thank you. Thank you. Keep the camera away.